honored to be a guest. I, I love your, I love listening to your interviews. They're so great. Wow, that's that's exciting. How did you how did you get to know them? I first found your Instagram, um, and I think you were, you know, I just saw you you had made like a chart for a piano intro. I forget. The, uh, of something and I just was like and, and it was a chart and then a video of you playing it and I was like this is the kind of content that I need um, <laughs> so I, I was just I'm very grateful that I found your page just because I, I, I love what you sort of teach and, and go through and, and and I just could tell you're a great musician so and then I saw that you were doing interviews and then my friend Blake Mills um, I saw that Blake did one yeah. and then Blake had mentioned to me that uh, you did an interview. I forget his name, but he he's an amazing pianist and he played with Wayne actually. Danilo Perez. Um, yes, yes. So I listened to that because Blake was telling me how great of an interview that was, and it oh. was. It was so so amazing, and um, and that kind of got me realizing so I listened to Blake's and chris and and um, and danilo and yeah. yeah so i've i've really really dug where where you go you know oh that's so cool man that's so yeah cool. I'm, i'm really thankful to get this feedback from somebody that i admire like that you know that's that's crazy uh, that's crazy oh, oh thanks man i mean i'm i'm weirded out that you would uh you would even invite me on i feel like i'm a i'm a slouch in comparison but uh But I'm 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 stoked to talk about you know it's it's uh, I'm not really you know I I know these like disparate like pockets of information about music and it's I, I love to talk about the the little things that I know and then learn from people who truly know what they're talking about like you so <laughs> I think it'll be fun. Yeah, what are those? You know, um, what do you think you know a lot about? <laughs> that's, that's cool. I always know very little. <laughs> <laughs> very, very little. Very, very little. Um, I, I do think that uh, there's. I, I feel kind of grateful that about the the gaps in my knowledge. Um, mm. I I feel like um, I just have always wanted to be uh, writing and and. Uh, like creating little things. And, and because of that, like it really stopped me from ever being like very studious mm -hmm. because the minute I would sit down to like try reading through something or, or learning about, you know, some kind of secret like code inside of music theory, I would, you know, learn two chords and then I would just start writing something. Man, um, I, I feel, <laughs> I feel very close to that. Yeah. It's yeah, like I just like I just could not get myself to ever and, and it's funny now I'm a little bit more studious than I was, but um it's sort of like filling in gaps of something that I really want to know. Yeah. Rather than like when I started out, it was just like, oh well, it's you're looking out at it, this like infinite ocean of something, and you're like, Well, I'm just gonna like make a sandcastle. You know, mm -hmm. it's I I I I just didn't know really where to start and it all felt too huge. So, but I, I think that, you know, I, I definitely like when I'm playing piano, I can look down and like put together, like I know the quality of the chord that I'm playing and I, I can, you know, I, I understand like that kind of like theory inside of my hands, but I, I don't like, 
I feel like the bigger gaps are like harmonically, like how things function and mm-hmm. like, like where, where things like lead, you know? And I think because I don't truly have that knowledge, but I do have the understanding of like what, what, what I can, I can remember a chord or a cell because I know the notes and I know the quality of that chord, but I don't really know where that's supposed to go. And because of that, I feel like I'm able to maybe go places that surprise myself more because yeah. I, 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 so I, I don't mean to immediately start ranting, but there's this amazing Please thing about, uh, <laughs> there's this amazing thing that I read from Burt Bacharach where he was like, you know, I, I'm pretty good in a couple of keys on the piano. And if I'm writing a song and I'm stuck, I will transpose everything that I have up until this point into a key that I'm less familiar with. So that when I get to this gap, my hands are going to go to this place. You know, if I want to go to the four, I'll go to the four. But because I'm in, you know, a flat minor, it suddenly becomes augmented or diminished. And that sends that would send him into his next section. Yeah. And I feel like I, I really like that just like feels so like um, parallel to what happens to me naturally where I just, I don't, I, I, so I get to this place where I don't know where I am and I just, my hands kind of do something. And I, I guess maybe what I'm okay at is remembering that thing mm-hmm. and, and like, and keeping holding on to that moment enough where I can like include it, into the beginning of the next part of the composition. Interesting. So is it is there's also some sort of muscle memory, although it's done maybe not in the in the key that you're familiar with so much, but there's some sort of like how you move the hand or what yeah. kind of movements work well within to each other. You know, one hundred percent. It's so it's so weird. Like you know, a lot of a lot of when I'm sitting at the piano, a lot of times I'm like doing these like sc- scale kind of, um, uh, you know, the hands going in opposite directions movements. Yeah. And depending on what key I'm in, like that, it's just like that is the main generator of what's going to happen because, you know, I, I, I am maybe a little bit more comfortable in certain keys. And so when I, uh, move around in an unfamiliar territory, like just the, the things that I don't mean to do, they happen and then they, they lead me somewhere. That's sort of like my, my process. And then just like, I, I almost look at like little pieces, like just very small cells that I'm sort of like stringing together, like a, like beads on a bracelet or something, you know, Ethan, let's hold that thought because I think my, uh, my producer is going to kill me if we don't change your, camera oh, to the hot yes. horizontal oh. you know you know what i mean oh yeah 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 how about this yes. is this better oh, okay this is so good okay okay cool <laughs> nice um, so your I room think... looks cool by the way i, I need to Thank get you. one of those is, is that one of the hue lights in the back like the, where you can change the color yeah you can change the color and uh my kids love it actually my kids really really like it so That's when my awesome. daughter had her birthday, I had to put it on and change the colors. Um, <laughs> Turn it into the strobe mode. Yeah, I am. Um, I uh, I need to get one of those in my studio, and I'm also about to have uh, a daughter. So oh, I, it, even even more reason to get yep. the uh, get the tech and the toys right. Yes, man. That's so <laughs> exciting! Wow. Yeah. That's gonna yeah, change I'm, your life. I'm, I'm sure it already has changed your life. 
it is it is amazing right it's like even the anticipation is so like deep and and like massively it like changes your it changes you like and i can't even i don't even know what to fucking expect after, if like if it's this much now i mean it's just like forever after it's just you know so but but we're we're very stoked and it's it's um it's i'm excited to kind of like learn the basics through her again and it, it mm-hmm. reminds me uh you know of just like musical like processes too of just like you know getting far into something and then kind of circling back around to like the original thing and it it then reopens a new door to where you've gotten to mm. so yeah yeah it's going to be exciting cool man i'm happy yeah thanks um i'm curious uh because i felt like when you talked about how you came up maybe we we can go into detail about that like how because i just i just read an interview of your father and yeah. he said like you weren't so interested in lessons <laughs> <laughs> that's funny i i need to <laughs> i didn't know my dad is in the interview where he talks about he talks about me that's so funny but he's you know he's not wrong no i had no i had no interest i mean Did you I have did, any lo- kind of lessons at the piano? I'm sure you had some or I had about a year when I was like seven and it was like, you know, learning what each note was. It was very, very basic. Um, and then I stopped because um, I actually got into like very deeply into magic. I became obsessed with like card Do you want and to magic and slide offense. I, you know, it's, it's, I I would if we were in real life on uh, you know doing the oh, yeah, camera yeah, yeah. angle, but also I'm I'm rusty too. But when, when we eventually meet, I will you'll you. you'll be sorry you asked. Yes, because uh, once I get started, um, but yeah, so I kind of got veered off course. Uh, I'm glad that happened too. But um, I uh, you know came back around to the piano um, with like that very core like like very sorry not core that very basic knowledge of like what each key was and then started learning um beatles songs my dad had like my dad's you know uh for you know my dad's a tv composer and um really talented guy has actually had a similar path to like what i hope to do which is you know he started as a songwriter then produced records and got into scoring and so he's done a lot of he's had a lot of like winding roads through music, but he's, he's always found his way and he's, he's great. A really talented guy, but similar to me, like plays piano, but it, you know, is not like, um, like a uh, studied, you know, he's more of just like a natural instinct kind of player. But so I, I got into playing some Beatles songs cause he had like a, basically like a real book of mm-hmm. Beatles songs. And, um, I sort of weirdly had some kind of instinct about like maybe like I guess I had learned like the difference between major and minor and like I don't know I just I kind of naturally just started like teaching myself those songs and like I had the patience for that somehow mm-hmm. um, to like to like sit and like figure that stuff out and then once I sort of got rolling my dad would kind of come in and and be like show me you know uh, you know you can go back and forth between octave and fifth in your left hand and. And maybe like don't 
double the third all the time because it weakens the you know things like that and i in my head i'm like i love doubling the third <laughs> <laughs> i love it i i think it sounds awesome that's your form of rebellion sound, yeah exactly it doesn't <laughs> doesn't sound weak to me at all but um you know there i would get little, little tidbits of information and I maybe spent like five or six years doing that and that sort of turned into writing songs and writing, you know, things for school projects and, and it just got me excited. And then um, in, I did one year of music school at a school called CalArts in California. And I took piano lessons for that one year from a woman named Vicky Ray, I believe it's been God. It's been a really long time, um, but she, I, I had a really good year with her. I, I just feel like that got me rolling in a more like technical way, just like with fingerings and stuff. Mm-hmm. Where then I could kind of go back to my own process, and I feel like that kind of got me rolling. And then in my early twenties, I started playing a lot of piano and kind of doing a lot of sessions, and that really got me. Uh, just more fluid and more comfortable to be able to like really like play the instrument. I, I, I again, like I, I am friends with like some brilliant, brilliant pianists, like, and I, I could never do what they do, but I, I, I have a handle on what I'm capable of. And I think I know where my like boundaries are. So because of that, like, I feel like I can still like say yes to like coming in as a piano player on something, even mm-hmm. though I don't, deep down feel like I actually know what I'm doing. I really but, like uh, how it looks. I mean, also how it sounds, but also how your hands look on the keys. It looks super natural and super oh, relaxed. Cool. And oh, thanks. Um, so now hearing your story, uh, it kind of makes sense because it feels like there wasn't a lot of, you know, If you get if you have a lot of teachers, you get a lot of input, of course, which is great. But it can also be like, oh, should, how how do I play? And if it if you just let something just evolve, maybe it finds its way, you know, just naturally. Yeah, and that's how it looks. Oh, cool. Well, I appreciate that so much. And and yeah, like like I I, I do have a I I sometimes like kick myself for not having you know done my homework uh, when I was young and like learned the. The, th- the second language when I was a kid, when your brain is a sponge. But I also like feel like, like I said, just kind of grateful that I, I don't know like too much. Um, and I can kind of like maybe move like through some like rules without knowing that I'm doing that. And um, I just, it, I feel like it just makes my, music world like just about like much more just about creating than it is about you know anything else and and um i'm I'm cool with that thank you for checking out the podcast if you enjoy these conversations please join me on patreon.com slash pablo held for more educational videos on various musical topics early access to episodes lead sheets online hangouts listening sessions music recommendations Bandcamp discount and more behind the scenes stuff from the podcast. The generous support of my patrons helps me to pay for the running costs of the podcast and it also helps me to keep it going into the future. Thank you so much and let's get back to the episode. I want to get into this um, 
um, phenomenon that I can so relate to and I see it in my kids as well. Like you said, you learn two chords of a song or you learn uh, a certain section and then you moved on to do your own thing, which yeah. that is a kind of um, naivete and also, um, how do you call that? If you just... Um, like a freedom. Freedom, but there's also a negative <laughs> word for it. Oh, yeah. You, you don't... You you have kind of a... Uh, what's the word, man? Sorry. I... So just structureless. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know... No, that's uh, not what I mean. Uh, um, uh, uh, if somebody lets something to the side and doesn't regard it... Oh, procrastination. Yeah. Maybe that's... Yeah. What I mean is, like, uh, you get a certain kind of um, uh, input... And then you, there's an instinct to do your own thing with it. Where does it come from? I have it too. And yeah. I, had to, I had to force myself sometimes to learn things through, you know. Or yeah. as you said later on, also, I got a little, got a little bit more studious. And I'm, I'm mm -hmm. told you that now, I think I would, yeah. now I would be the better student than I was when yeah, I was same. studying. It, you know? exactly. exactly. Where does it come from? I see it in my kids also. Uh, I show them one thing. And I'm, I'm about to show them the next thing in line, and they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally." What is I it? Know, it's such a, I don't know. It's such an interesting thing. I, uh, I, I have no idea. I feel like it's it is it's sort of like a, it's some combination of like a at least for me some like a, a stupidity and a bravery. You know, it's yeah. just like, you know, it's like okay, like. Just like when I was a kid, it's like learning one thing. It's like, like oh yeah, I, I get it. I know yeah. how to do that now. Like yeah. oh, I, I'm an, suddenly you're an expert. And yeah. obviously, we know that is not true, you know. But when you're a kid, it gives you, you confidence this, suddenly. Yeah, mm -hmm. totally. Like you, you sort of have this like new superpower, or you have this new like uh, uh, thing you can show. You know, I, I I I I'm not. I don't love performing, but I I as a kid like. Even the magic side of things, like, you know, like I always wanted to like, it was all about just like showing somebody this thing that I, this like very secret thing that I knew how to do. And like a, a chord change felt similar where I could kind of like, it just felt like a magic trick. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah. um, but I don't know where that instinct comes from to like start wanting to like make something from it because I don't think that everybody like has that instinct like or or everybody feels like safe or brave enough to to follow that instinct um but i think a, a lot of people do um but i do i don't know like i talked to some people who were like players of an instrument like in an orchestra when they're young and it i think that if maybe they were given more of the opportunity to like you know like okay like try you know we're learning this piece but also for your homework come bring me back a piece that you wrote on your clarinet. You know, I think that that would change the fabric of how that like system works for those kinds of people coming up musically in that way. Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, a lot of people aren't like given the lane to be a creator. They sort of think, Oh, I'm just part of this, you know, organism. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Some people have to learn to, uh, to appreciate that kind of freedom or, or um, 
encouraged themselves to yeah i think i was just stupid enough to think that i could do it you know yeah. <laughs> honestly I, i i don't even think i'm not even being funny i think that i just i had this sort of like dumb innocence where i was like and i you know i'm very lucky in the way that i have a family of a lot of musicians and i have you know i i grew up with it not looking like a completely foreign thing you know i had my dad at a studio in our house so there were musicians coming in so i think i remember even in music class at school like i just felt like i already knew because i was like my dad does this yeah and i didn't know one thing yeah. but there was just something in me that felt like you know i uh it didn't look like a like a crazy secret society to me it, it and i think that that's a huge advantage and i i'm very i feel very grateful and and lucky for that um i definitely like you know uh have like put in a lot of work later into my life but um i think that like starting in that way was a very like you know uh, i don't take that for granted that i it was around me when i was young mm. My father is also a piano player and piano teacher oh, okay. and composer. And, oh, and wow. My mother is a piano technician who also writes music at the piano. and, and the Oh, wow. Okay, that, that's so, awesome. So I know the feeling of, of uh, coming up in a musical family. Yeah, And totally. there's a lot of respect that you have for your elders and, and what they think about music. And, and we sort of... Uh, bathe in their taste in music when we come up you know we listen to what they're listening to yes yes and to me it's very very important what my father what my mother thinks you know when yeah. when I show them something new but I'm I'm also or I have experienced some sort of adolescence from from that as well you know in terms of mm. Mm -hmm. So what do I think? What do I like? Uh, or right. do we have different tastes in the end, actually, you know? So I'm wondering, sure. how was that process for you? I mean, um, yeah, it, my, my dad uh, was like, you know, the first person that I would show anything that I was writing to. Yes. And he, he was really like my first teacher, you know, and, and he was cool enough to never really... Oh like act like a teacher but he was always really honest with me and i uh, like he he would very sweetly and like emphatically tell me when he thought something was promising and he would also like equally tell me like that doesn't really feel like something that that doesn't feel like your best you know your best thought um so he, my dad was a really amazing like figure for me when i was starting to write And then, yeah, of course, like you, you know, you don't, when you're 17 or 18, you, the only thing you want to be is like your own adult. Mm -hmm. And so some of that comes with like rebelling, but I, I didn't really feel like I had to, it didn't feel like a rebellion against like his taste or anything, because we still like the same shit, but I just feel like I, I was able to expand my own tastes. You know, my dad um loves like steely dan and like really like really great like session like heady like great record making and i love that shit too mm -hmm. but i also like definitely like we didn't grow up with the rolling stones in our house we were a beatles family still yeah. are die hard but 
you know, I was like, shit, I, I like the stones and mm-hmm. just like different sort of like a, a rattier and like a more thrown together thing was maybe like things that I had to like learn when I was older. Um, and you know, I, but I don't think that there was like, it didn't feel like, um, a moment where I like had to like, you know, I just felt like I could slowly become, take my, start taking my own path, you know? Yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, well, um, I still show them my new pieces, you know, or what awesome. I'm working Same. on, uh, new records that I make or something. But I had to learn to take negative comments or, uh, um, how do you say, critical comments, constructive, yeah. constructive criticism, uh, to take it in and then be like, it's fine, but it doesn't yeah, have to be, right. it doesn't have to be my thing now, you know, it doesn't have, you know, and then you see that at some point there's stuff where the new generation does things and I'm not trying to make myself bigger than I am, but does things yeah. that the older generation can't appreciate in the it's same essential. way. It's essential. It has oh, to be that way. It has to be. And and I think that, like, you know, I, I definitely have felt that where it's like, you know, uh, I don't want to, I don't necessarily want my grandma to think that this is great because <laughs> she loves Frank Sinatra and so do yeah. I, but that's not what I'm trying to do. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it's, uh, it's, I think it's essential to sort of freak your elders out a little mm-hmm. bit, but I think, you know, I'm similar. I, I, I really cared and still do care, you know, that, that, you know, the musicians in my family, like have some sort of understanding or respect for what I'm doing. Um, but at the same time, like I do agree, like there, there, there it was, there were many moments for me where I'm like, you know what, like I, I like different shit because I'm a different person (laughs) (laughs) and I, I live in a completely different time. And, and, but luckily my family, um, my dad, especially, and, and my whole family really like nobody was ever like, you know, they, they were all very, they let me like grow into who I, who I am, you know, like I, I don't, I didn't, I never felt like restricted by what they thought was right. Or they're just very supportive, I'm just very lucky in that way that they allowed me to grow artistically um, without like sort of their own, like needing to needing it to be like kind of their vicarious journey in any way, you know, yeah. I, especially, I think it's, it's good too. Cause my dad has, has found, you know, his, his success and his work and his lane, you know, he, he I don't think he has, I think he respects himself, you know, so I, I think he was able to let himself be him and me be me and, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. What are some sort of some some pieces of advice that are still important to you that you think back on coming from the day? Yeah. Um, well, he's he always he always would say to me, like, you can learn how to play this style you can learn how to use pro tools you can learn how to do all these things but the the thing that will keep you on some kind of a track is writing 
and composing. Mm. And because I would always want to get sidetracked into because I'm a producer really more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I um, would always get sidetracked into wanting to learn how to use this drum machine and mm. how to how to reverse reverbs and in pro tools and he he was always you know like that's cool but like you know he i think he would always try to stop me from going down those kinds of rabbit holes or or just forgetting that the core thing that all this shit the only reason why all that stuff is fun and useful is because there's a tune or there's a composition. And so that's, that's something that was like very much like coached into me. Um, And I think that was really, um, really special. And also um, I think I learned a lot from him, like just in kind of like a, it sounds weird, but like kind of like on the, not the, like kind of the business side of just like basically understanding that it's like, it's really up and down and like the, the, the kind of the, the athletic mindset of like, you're going to lose. And like, that doesn't mean, you know, I, I just feel like that, that was a really big leg up for me to watch somebody like go through the, how difficult it, it, yeah. How difficult it is to be an artist as your job. Mm -hmm. Um, whether you're, whether you're successful or not, it's, it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, you know, he was really like a good, um, I, it really gave, has always given me good advice when things have been difficult or just kind of like, I don't know what's coming or I don't feel inspired right now, or mm-hmm. I have writer's block, all these kinds of things that used to torture me and still do, but I, I'm able to deal with things better on my own now, but he always was, was good at reminding me that it's, it's a long arc, you mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not a, it, they're not like finite problems. You know, they, they come back around, they get better, they get worse. And you just kind of write through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're, if you're um, focusing on writing that surpasses like how full is my calendar or what's yeah. my, uh, yeah. I don't know how 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 am i doing financially or uh you know whatever all all the scary shit yeah, yeah totally yeah and and it's it is amazing it it, it is a totally a, a medicine and a therapy and like you know even when you do what we do where we we, we make it our lives and kind of our livelihoods like it like even for how jaded i can get about music or like how much of i feel like sometimes like oh, I'm not even a music fan anymore. You know, I'm just mm-hmm. like working this stuff. It's like, it's so not true. Cause like the minute that I do find that little pocket of like losing time and space working mm-hmm. on something, it's, it's fucking medicine. Plus it's total lifeblood. <laughs> yeah. Plus exactly. Plus you, you have your magic trick to show. Yeah. You know, it, it is such a fucking magic trick. It's mm-hmm. like this, and I still feel like a kid with that, you know? Yeah. There's certain moments, a lot of moments in your music where I feel like it's a magic trick without it being like, look what I can do, but like there's actual magic going on. Um, uh, that's very nice. I want to know about Haiku for You, which is my, <laughs> yeah. my favorite song of yours. Oh, uh, cool. And that, that little segment so that open, opens up the song and comes up yeah. more often. 
that to me is magic. Oh man. So that, that song had a little bit of a journey. Like I wrote that song. I was starting to get interested in orchestration and I was, um, you know, had a couple meetings with, uh, an amazing orchestrator in LA named Conrad Pope. And he's done, he's like kind of like a film orchestrator. And, um, he very generously, like, let me come over a handful of times to talk about orchestration um, and read through some scores. And we were sort of going through some woodwind stuff. And he was like, why don't you write like a little woodwind piece? And so I, I'm at the piano now, but it, you know, I, it, I haven't played it in a while, but there's that, that sort of opening segment was kind of the beginning of this woodwind piece that I was working on. Um, what kind of then, woodwinds did you imagine for that? I was thinking kind of like woodwind quintet. Yeah. Um, like flute, oboe, clarinet, French horn, bassoon. I want to hear that. Uh, <laughs> I do too. It doesn't exist because, <laughs> like I said, you know, you start writing from when you're me, you start writing a woodwind quintet and soon it's a song. And you, and there's, and then you don't have to put pencil to paper. You just, you just, uh, press record you know you never write it down um, i don't really write it down interesting yeah. no yeah i, I don't I, I i can read um but i'm very slow and um it it almost feels it slows me down i i luckily knock on wood my memory is is faster and stronger than my hand so mm -hmm. i can i can you know remember things easier than just writing them down but um so you know it's, i'm actually thinking to myself Uh, I don't even, it's been so long since I played this. Well, yeah. yeah. F sharp minor. But anyway, F yeah, sharp minor. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, hold on, let me. I feel that. Uh, oh, that's C, C going to B. Right. Da, 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 da. <laughs> Teaching me my own thing. <laughs> If I, that, this is seriously what it is because I, I have to like, this happens to me sometimes where I, I, I haven't played something in like two or three years and then I sort of have to like get it back in my hands more than, you know, think about what's happening. But anyway, it kind of, kind of goes to that next. Uh, so that was kind of like this like next refrain and I, it was, it ended up being like a solo piano piece with, a little bit of um, uh, like words interspersed. And then I was working with Leanne Lahavis, uh, trying to write some stuff for her. And I played her this and she just like somehow like jumped in and like kind of reorganized the form of it. And like basically it was like I, this, what if like this goes here and this goes here. And then we had this like kind of like clear musical form And then we just wrote a song around it. And she it just did such an unbelievable job, like hopping in to such an odd piece of music and um, making it, I don't know, making it more grabbable, tangible. Um, but so the music was, was kind of all there. It just kind of got reorganized by her. And then we sort of wrote melodies and, and lyrics together and, so but it was it was such a such an awesome experience. Um, I just think she's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also how she sings like she seems so in the moment. I don't know what kind of how 
how many takes you guys did for that vocal track? None, none. It, it is, it is so. We did that whole thing in two days, um, and it was just like, you know, with the first day was just writing it and getting the vocals in, and then like the next day was just you know putting drums and bass and you know just like just the little sprinklings of stuff around it. But it just was like so fast, and yeah, her vocal is completely just on a sm7 in the room and you're the, what you have in front of you right now just literally what you're what you're doing right now just sitting in a room chilling singing this shit and just she's so sick i wow. love her if i can take one second i, I do want to yeah right so right yeah it's just That's been it. so, so long but Yeah, and then uh, right. So uh, again, like it, it, it's so out of my hands. But that song, when I look at it, like even that first like cell, there's like there's like a yes, there's like an E, e major and an E minor in there, or it's kind of like. E and C also, like E and e. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's definitely, like, it, it, it's almost, it's not a, um, it's not a fully, yeah. So it's almost like, no, like a, oh, it's, I know what it is. So it's like kind of like a flat nine or, or a, a sharp nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, But it goes to F sharp minor, so yeah. I, I was like, "How? How did that happen?" Totally. And then, right. Yeah. Uh, uh. Mm -hmm. uh, God, it's been a minute. Anyway, um, that yeah, like I, that is really that all starts with just me kind of remembering moves like yeah. physical moves um and then like if i don't know where to go or if i stop then i can maybe insert like a little bit of like my knowledge of like where a chord could go um so it's like i i sort of like follow my hands until i need some brain to yeah jump in you know mm. yeah um yeah so, I mean, but that one, that one is made extra special by the collaborative aspect of, of that because, you know, it, it almost was like a scattered couple of ideas like that were maybe going to be like a instrumental woodwind piece that once I got in with Leanne, it, we, we were able to together make it a song, mm -hmm. um, which... It still is yeah, I'm so happy you like that song because that's that's one of my favorite things I've ever been able to make so great, for sure man. thanks there was a day where I only listened to that song like on repeat <laughs> for the whole day and it's so short but there's so much in it and um, here's a here's a question that I'm yeah. thinking about a lot because in the I kind of I grew up as a improvising piano player playing mostly jazz music and trying to get my ear always working on my ear, my ear and the connection of my ear and my fingers so there is a 
Yeah. I'm working on a more immediate connection of I'm trying to play what I hear, right? Yep. Yep. So yep. that's an ongoing process. In the past couple of, I don't know, maybe eight years, I've started to sometimes add little things after the fact, you know, mm -hmm. you know here's a little synth thing, you know, and I'm right. there's a solo album that I did where I did lots of things on top of each other. But it mm. always starts with I'm here, I'm hearing something and I'll play it. So right. with me, the overdubbing thing is always something that comes after the fact. And I'm, mm. I admire you so much about your a lot of things, but the, the production and the sound design and how it all fits um, together. I'm trying to make sense of my question now, but the thing oh, is, no, no. if you try to play what you hear, in the best case, it's complete. Right. You know what I mean? So everything that I've started to add is usually an enhancement of, of what I already played. Mm. But I'm thinking about maybe your, from your point of view, or not point of view, but uh, where you start, sometimes you have to envision, envision a couple of um, steps before you actually start. Yeah. So if I have my uh, overdubbing mind in place, that would sometimes maybe even distract me from playing in the moment because mm -hmm. I might think like, ah, but I want to add that with the synth later. So I'm not going to play this chord that I'm hearing right now. Right. Uh, uh, yeah. Is that a question? I don't know what it is. No, but it, it is. I, I, I have. Yeah, it makes me think of something. Definitely. Like, I always prefer or I used to prefer like having like if I'm recording or producing a song like I want it to be able to work as a skeletal system. You know, it's like you can someone can sit down on a guitar or piano and play it like that. And it has all the information embedded into that, like yeah, right. basic DNA code. But I don't really weirdly like my ideal situation, what I really feel like a lot of time in the studio is that I just want to collage and I just want to superimpose things. And so, and I feel like that is what my writing kind of is sometimes is I'm just like drawing together little cells and just finding the story within those things, you know? And I think I do find myself more and more and really enjoying it. Like, as I'm writing, going like, like thinking like what you're saying, like many steps ahead, many arrangements steps ahead. And I, I think that it, it's kind of like, you know, I don't think that, I think that like a lot of like classical, like I'm sure like Ravel is, is thinking about his orchestration in tandem with his core, like piano reduction. Right. And I, I, I think it's like a, you know, I, I, I am, definitely thinking about arrangement and like sonic palette for better or for worse when I write now. Um, and I think that there's like limitations to that. It, it can, you can easily get a little lazy and, and go like, Oh, well I'll figure it out later. Mm. And that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily maybe make for the strongest thing, but at the same time it does allow for a little bit of the magic and the chaos of, you know, like, this is why I love sampling. I love sampling so much because you get things that, how is it, it's, 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 again, it's a magic trick that these two things can go together. 
harmonically, texturally, everything. It's like that. It is this thing of like I have no idea how this happened, but it's incredible, and I'm going to run with it now. And I, I think that I do really love. That's kind of my favorite thing about what I get to do is that I get to surprise myself with combinations of ingredients. Yeah. But I don't think that I would be able to do that. Uh, I, I, I'm glad that I didn't start that way, I guess. I'm glad that I did start with like writing a song and then like arranging it based off of what's inside of the skeletal system of the song. I think that, that I feel lucky that I just for whatever reason started that way because I do think that there are traps and like just leaving things up to production. I think they're the traps are obvious, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know if for, for whatever uh, that question might've been, that answer is equally. I have, I, I, I don't know what, uh, where I'm going with this one, but, but hopefully it answers something. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just curious when, um, But I've actually noticed that already also with that it ch- sometimes changes the feeling when I write like, oh, I'm not going to be able to play this. I might add this later or I definitely want somebody to sing this or I love mm-hmm. the sound of my Mellotron doing this and I, I want to yeah. have this as a Mellotron thing. You know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm seeing hints of that in what I'm doing now. I, I also think that so much of my writing is based off of mistakes and remembering mistakes. And yes. like that original thing we were talking about, it's so such a core aspect to when I sit down and start like actually going, okay, this is turning into something. It's because I accidentally do something and I'm like, whoa, that is, yes. that feels fresh. And I think that in a recording setting and in a production setting is it's just like you're just faced with those things in the best way so often because you know you can either whether it's me or asking a musician i usually don't let people hear stuff before they start playing because i want all the findings and the things that they would never do if they knew the song and those things are like usually end up being the building blocks for production and arrangement and even like song song um structure or whatever but what do you show a musician if you want them to play i mean there's a saxophone on haiku Mm -hmm. for you yeah sam sam had so the thing is with the thing with me and i think maybe the musicians that i work with they they i i'm very i comp i i'm like a very like meticulous like comper of audio like I will give somebody 10 takes of a song or they don't know the song. And if you listen to any take all the way through it, it's not a take, but I just grab the pieces, you know? And, and um, I think like I've built enough, like I think that I, I don't really want to let people do that with my playing. Um, but the, the musicians that I work with, I think they I've done it enough in front of them where they're like, okay, he, we have, we, we can align on what we like from the take. Um, but Like with Sam Gendel, who's playing sax on that, like I think he took like five or six takes and just just played, and I just grabbed grabbed moments of um, you know the things that felt magical. Yes. Um, and uh, it's the same with the bass. I'm playing bass on that song, and it's just like three or four takes of just like literal fucking around and like just fuck literally fucking around, and then just 
collaging it together. So I really do use comping like very much as an instrument. I honestly feel like it, it is kind of my instrument. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I feel like that is where I can really create what I hear in my head. Um, and it's lucky cause it's, you know, you know, you can do it outside of time. <laughs> you know, it's, it's yeah. amazing to me that, you know, I, I'm in complete awe and reverence of people like you and just the people who can take what they want to hear in their head and immediately put it through their instrument. And I don't have that, but I do know what I want to hear. And so I can put it together with some alien technology. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we, as musicians, as artists, how do we... How do how can we find out what we want to hear? I'm sorry, one sec. Um, geez, God, I wish I knew. Um, <laughs> I I don't. Well, I don't think that when I, I shouldn't have said that because I actually don't know what I want to hear. I I I don't I don't know ahead of time. Um, I you know but, when you hear it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know when I hear it. I know when when something gives me a complete feeling, even if it's a complete feeling of of a fraction of a moment of a song. You know what I mean? Like I am able to put myself into the headspace of like when I am comping some saxophone, like even if I'm on a half of a bar, I know like, oh, that moment worked. You know, mm-hmm. that moment worked. And I don't know how, how it's going to be framed by other moments, but that's going in. And I think that with writing too, like, well, maybe not, but I, I, I know where I'm like, okay, yeah, that's something to at least latch on to for a while. And I have all the time, you know, I, I don't have a deadline on when this song needs to be finished. So I will just keep chipping away, honing in. So I don't know if I know what I want to hear, but I, I guess I know when something feels good when I like something, uh, maybe that's it. I just maybe know when I'm, when I'm starting to like something, but that's also not even true too. Cause sometimes I like something and then the next day I'm like, this is just absolute shit, absolute shit. So who, who knows, man? I, I, I it's, uh, it's just following the, uh, following the, the winding path. Of mm-hmm. it. You know, I guess I like that. I, I, I don't, I like the, the journey and the pain of that. Yeah. So the end product is merely an outcome of all the enjoyment of the yeah. process. Yeah. I think that is what it is for me. And, and I think that um, I'm such a fan of music that is more, it feels like it comes from a more like directly like on purpose place like i'm a huge fan of classical music um that's generally what i like to listen to um and you know pre (laughs) pro tools you know it's like writing it down on paper it's like you gotta you gotta know what you're doing and you have to make a choice a true choice you can't you can leave it to later for editing but like you can't go out you know collage this with another sound, resample it, but you, you know, all those things that I use as tools. And so because I think I like that music the most as like a fan, I think that I'm, I maybe like can use my like kind of like 
process of like not totally knowing what I'm doing, throwing together like disparate ingredients and then like collaging them into something that reminds me of the music that I like, which is this sort of like very on purpose music. (laughs) So maybe that's my, maybe that's my trick of making things sound like they're super thought through because they don't really feel that thought through while I'm doing it. But then they, they come together, hopefully feeling like a cohesive thought. Mm. Yeah, they do. And also they sound like classically inspired or, or uh, nurtured with, with classical music. What, what oh, are some of, some of your, um, or let's frame it this, this way. I like, I'm wondering what happens with you when you listen to a classical piece and you really love it. Do you just listen to it and take it in and hope that some, some of it drops off? Or do you actually try to grab the sheet music or, or uh, try to learn something by ear or w- what happens? Yeah, all, all of the above, actually. I, mm. I, I do, I have a bunch of scores and I, my favorite thing to do, like I said, I'm not a very, like I, not a great like sight reader, but I, I can, I can follow a score pretty well. And, and like, I, I just love the activity of sitting and listening to music and reading along. Yeah. And I don't know, I'm not going one, six, five. I'm not like doing figured bass in my head. That's for sure. But I'm doing, I'm just watching it go by and it's a, it's a nice way to listen. That's about, but generally like when I don't have the, when I'm not doing that, like kind of leisurely activity, mm-hmm. like classical music is, I, I'm left with an impression of like a harmonic approach or like an orchestrational move And like, I'll go like, kind of like, usually by ear, just like think about or play plunk through like what that might be. And then, you know, just our sort of through line here is that like the minute that I even get one fraction of what that might be, I'm usually just my ADD just is like, okay, that's going to become the beginning of something else. And then um, that's just kind of my process. But I, I, I definitely... I feel like I grab a lot of things from classical music just like in a sort of like a a color sort of way. Mm, yeah. Like, oh, I just love the usage of the minor chord with the six. You know, mm-hmm. that's like, a, you know, just like a Debussy, like just like the adding the sixth. You know, it's just like, okay, I'm going to. I'm going to try starting something with a lot of sixths in it, you know, yeah. and, and, and that's as simple and naive as it is for me. Um, but I guess I also like to confuse myself, surprise myself. So I, I want to go in and like make it, uh, like, um, I want to complexify it as much as I can. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm not, I'm usually like starting with a simple thing, like, you know, that, but then I'm like, okay, where, what are with my abilities, which are limited, like what's the furthest that I can take this out to be something that I think is fresh. I don't know. Yeah. It's (laughs) funny that you say the sixth, um, because, you know, I've listened to event horizon countless times, you know, and also then I uh, saw the video where you take it apart and show the different tracks. And I love that. I, I wish, I would have videos like that for all the songs that I love by all my favorite artists. It's so great too. that you did this, you know. Uh, thanks. I'm I, I, yeah. I, 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 uh, 
I feel that's why I, I even did that. Cause I, anytime I can like go on YouTube and like, you know, even those classic albums, which, you know, they're so, some of them are like so corny and silly, like the moments where they're sitting in front of the board and muting yes. stuff. It's like, I could literally, like, if I could get paid to watch those clips forever, I would be a happy, I, if I would have a great <laughs> career. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So I, I was, I said this because I've listened to that song so many times. It was just last week that I noticed that it ends with a minor six chord. And uh, I, somehow my ear uh, blended this out or something. I don't know what, what happened, but, uh, you know. Funny. It's Yeah, like I, I have, uh, yeah, I, I, I love, I love those. And, and even that, like, is such a Beatles thing to, like, end on, like, a major yeah. with a added six. You know, that was, like, as a kid like the you know anything like hard days night or so whatever it is like that era of beatles it's like that last chord you just adding that note was like oh fuck like yes. how did they do that what is that you know like that kind of shit still makes me like crazy um and um so i have things like that where like i just sort of like latch on to a chord quality or like a, a polychord like this is a chord that shows up a lot yes. in my music which is Yeah. yeah, it's in number two of the prelude, two after yes. each other. I love exactly. this one. Well, that's why I love that because they are so modular. You know, it's basically it's it's uh, two major chords, a major third apart. Yeah. But the vo the voicing is a little bit more open than that for me. Like I, I usually just do fifths on the bottom and then like a full triad with an octave on top and and then like the minor six or i also love this uh these are fourths so i, That's I definitely love one. these yeah. yeah i love this one so, man oh thanks well you know for me it's like i okay I, i love these kinds of shapes and then i do end up learning them in all the keys so mm. that i can incorporate them into writing so um, How do you take yeah, something with, like this through all the keys? Um, Because I saw no, the, I, I, the the major sharp five. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, this yeah, one I saw this in the video yes, that you did. You know, there's an, the artist artist info or there's like a like a video of you in the studio where you describe a little bit the process of slow motionary that album. Mm. I think you take this this chord through the keys a little bit. Yeah, um, I think, like, I definitely, like, will, like, sit down and, like, you yeah. know, like, do these kinds of things and just, like, you know, move around and, and make sure I'm jumping through. But at the same time, I, I, again, not the most studious person. So it ends up, I end up slowly incorporating it into a lot of pieces and, And into session playing, like, you know, like figuring out oh, how can this work, like on the fly. And those things just get me more and more comfortable with the tool. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm trying to think, I think there is a moment like that in Event Horizon, also Event Horizon. I don't, I seriously don't even remember um, how it goes. Um, oh, For a long time, there is a right, thing right. where you kind of go from F minor to C or C over G. 
wow, dude, man, I, I actually literally, God, I, ha- I would have to like totally relearn it. This is the, the thing. I, I, I'm a terrified performer. I, I, I hate performing. Um, and uh, even this is like, I was like, I'm, I get nervous. Like just, Oh, any, don't be. So <laughs> I appreciate it. I don't feel that way anymore, but I, I, um, like, because I don't perform, like I usually, by the time the song is recorded and I'm like, I, I just, they just like kind of disappear for mm-hmm. me. And I, 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 luckily I have a good enough ear where I can go relearn them, but it's like, I don't, um, they just, they, they, they require me to like sit back down, but Yeah. It's going to be that I would need to hear it again. It's, it's, it's yeah. been a long, long time. Also, I, you know, I don't have a ton of like, I, I, I maybe a few times been like, I have a pretty good memory. My, I might have a good memory for the thing that's in front of me at the moment, but my bandwidth for remembering this stuff is now I'm, de- I'm working on a, a few, like, uh, like I did that preludes record and I'm working on a couple more pieces for, the next project like called maybe called amateur etudes right now just like little you know exercises for somebody who is not who is my kind of a player like do you want to show um, us something yeah sure i mean um let's see uh uh these arpeggiating things the goal would be to so i sort of the basically the i think i have the skeleton written 
And now the goal for me is to take these and be moving in the left hand with the melodies and stuff and making, trying to make these rhythmically, not just eighths and uh, turning them into triplets or quintuplets or mm. basically ryth- a rhythmic exercise of keeping my right hand busy doing busy yeah. and my left hand chill. laid back yeah. chill exactly <laughs> so so the, the, these are the, my amateur etudes you know they're they're not Great. yeah yeah so so there's a few of these pieces brewing so because of that like my uh, my hands are just like these this only has like a maybe a four four song memory so <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 that sounds great i'm i'm happy Thanks. is that is that is that gonna come out soon or i, I don't know yeah. i i'm you know for my own stuff i like i said i i really like i i feel most at home as a producer um and uh like kind of working collaborating with other people mm-hmm. um so my my projects usually end up like taking the back burner um mm-hmm. although I, i have been really enjoying like on some free time like working on some of my own stuff recently so i i've definitely been working on a new record but i i have no idea yeah it could it could be done in a year it could be done in three yeah. i i don't know and i, I honestly like very happily don't have an agenda with it. I, I, my own project is, is, has become circled back around to being very pure. I think I used to, yeah, I used to like maybe put a lot of eggs into that basket. But now, you know, my, my love and my, my business is, is kind of uh, as a producer. So I get to kind of make my own music in a very pure way again. That's cool. Some, some people need a deadline or like something to work towards too. But you... I'll probably get there. Yeah. <laughs> once I, I maybe once I hit like a halfway point where I start really caring about what mm-hmm. I've what I'm getting towards, um, then I then I maybe get a little manic and obsessed. But it's, it's um, how how in that moment how can we still nurture that that feeling of just oh, I'm just gonna maybe finish this piece and let's see where it goes. <laughs> you know? I think a lot of a lot of previous heartbreak you know it's like you you like the older i get the more i'm like you know what like the best shit happens when i'm not like wanting it so so bad you know just like letting it arrive letting it appear just having some agnostic faith in Mm. the musical universe Mm. yeah that's cool that's good it's good to remember um, the Preludes album is maybe my favorite album of yours. I really oh, love that's this. That's awesome. Thanks, um, man. My only problem with it is that it's so short. <laughs> I, I, I was like, yeah, but I want more. I, you know, I know. Where do we go from here? Too. Um, you know, I, I, I would love to go back to some of those one day and not only extend them and like kind of write different movements for some of them, but orchestrate a few. Um, Cause I, I think that they're, they're, I, I like them as their own little vignettes. I, I think they work that way, but I also think that there's like opportunity to, to like expand. And I was watching this Leonard Cohen documentary recently and he wrote, I guess there's like a hundred versions of hallelujah. And he released one and then mm. released another one later and did a different ones live and then john kale covered 
one ver one live version and then that's the Jeff Buckley version that everybody knows and so there's like there's there's this room for I don't think pieces when they get released need to like be considered done yeah <laughs> that was a big topic for Wayne Shorter also you know mm. like there's no end to yeah to a song or something yeah speaking of which god what a what a loss yeah. so so you know I, I I am not the most encyclopedic about like jazz and those records and like who played on what like I'm I may be more knowledgeable in terms of like popular music or classical music sometimes with that but I do know that when I would hear a composition and go, whoa, I got to know who wrote this. Mm -hmm. Whenever I look and it's, and, and I'm like, this is, this is my shit. It's either Wayne Shorter or Bill Evans. And mm -hmm. that's not to say that I don't, that they're some of my favorite music ever is not written by them, but they are usually the ones where I, something goes and I go, God, like, what is this? Yes. I love this. This is something so, so to my soul. And it's like more often than not, it's, It, it, it's it's them and like Nefertiti is just like one of the best compositions, recordings, performances oh, yeah. of all time. I mean, I that that's one of my go-to. Like, if I really just want to like get back to like the the spirit place of music, that mm -hmm. that specifically that Miles recording of that song. Great. Yeah. Yeah. How do you take something like that? How does that um, um, transport into your music? I um, it's similar. Like I, I guess I, I'm usually left with like a an impression or like a kind of like a taste in my mouth. You know, mm. like I, I think I'm, and then I, I have some sort of. It's like I've talked about this with a bunch of people where it's like you sometimes when you're like making a record and you have a lot of like a lot of it is very referential. Like, oh, I want it to feel like this recording. It's like it's generally good to not go listen. I, I don't really believe in this, but there's until you get to a certain point, it's like I'd rather not listen to the recording and I'd rather chase the memory mm -hmm. of it. And then when you get into maybe like the mixing and the sonic stage, like that is a great time to do references and i totally believe in that but like when you're like starting to throw pain at the wall it's like just like work off of the memory and it's like yeah. i couldn't really tell you what's happening in nefertiti but i know like very specifically how that makes me feel and like how light on its feet it is mm. and how airy the recording it is the recording is and, and there's just like all these things that i'm just left with and then those are the, the things that usually get like imbued into what I'm working on, but it, it doesn't end up really being like, even though there's a real book right here and, and occasionally I will like, like look at how, how the fuck did they do that transition? Mm. And, but, um, but usually it's, yeah, just like some kind of more, um, uh, abstract thing yeah, that yeah, yeah. gets sent, sent over to me. Yeah, you, you listen to it and you get kind of amped up and you feel like, ah, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, that's exactly it. I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's the perfect, it's just, I get excited, you know, yeah. it's just like, it just inspires me. Yeah. And like that, that gets me working. Um, and yeah, so that, that's exactly it. Let's talk about piano sound. 
Yeah. Um, because the piano, it's so special how the piano sounds, of course, on Preludes, <laughs> but it, it, to me, it's linked to the other times when I heard you record a piano. There's a specific sound and sound quality that is sometimes maybe the felt mute, but yeah. there's also something else in place and something that's done after the fact. So mm -hmm. what is it? Tell, tell me about it. Well, it, it varies. Um, it varies. But yes, I generally use the felt mute um, for... Uh, I'm slowly kind of getting interested in not... I mean, I just love that sound so much. It just speaks to me that... Um, but but I, I'm starting to really like the instrument again. Like, to me, it was almost like a subversion of the instrument. Yeah. Um, and now I'm sort of like, you know, I kind of like liking things without felt mute, but whatever, different story. But that that has been like a big, definitely part of my sound of how I've been recording. I, I usually use a Yamaha upright piano, um, U1 or U3 preferably. Um, and I have that felt on and I just sort of mess with the tension of the, the bar. And I also think that the, the dynamic that I play at, um, I just like prefer the softest touch and I'm, I'm like very... I might get very hot and play very, very softly. Mm -hmm. And so that gets the good parts of the sound, but it also gets a lot of the bad parts of the sound, like mic hiss, hammer, mechanical noise, which isn't bad, but can. So basically like I'm, I'm often in a position of like, if there's a, if the piano is just a part of a larger structure of a recording, like I usually don't have to do much to it. But if the piano, it's like just if it's just piano and vocal or just solo piano, I do end up like with an engineer friend of mine, like doing some denoising and getting into isotope and removing some of the mm -hmm. all the mechanical noises that that distract me from the piece. But does that so also that, do something to yeah. the actual tone of the? Yeah, it, it it does this thing where it almost like it kind of makes it feel like it's inside out. Or it's like there is sometimes you get these like vacuumed moments where sudden it's almost like the closest thing that feels like is like a, a phase, like flipping a phase. Um, and I think just because of the technology, like it's you know, it's it's basically like getting in and like it's I don't even know how it works, but Isotope is, is this incredible program that can it's like a musical MRI, like you you put some music in and then you see this, like you can see it and you can literally go in and remove mm -hmm. like the tiniest noise or frequency and the artifacts of it are definitely there. And like, I, it'd be nice if they weren't, but also I, I kind of like them. They, they just sort of like, they do something. I mm -hmm. indescribable. And, um, I sort of, Like, because sometimes I feel like I have to remove this creak or this hammer that's like getting in the way of my favorite note in the chord. Mm -hmm. um, I just am like, I'd rather do that and lean into the artifact than have the piece be obscured. Yeah. Um, but I, I, um, I use, I always mic the, the, I take the front plate off of the piano and mic stereo the, you know, in front. I don't, I, I like doing it in the back, but I, I don't, you get sort of that like strange, like, like springy mm -hmm. 
thing from the back that I don't love. And I just, I like all the hammer noise, but it just, it's, it's very hard to control at my velocity and mm-hmm. like my touch. Cause I, uh, my notes are usually quieter than the hammer. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting. But how do you yeah. maintain the control over what you play when you play so softly and with so it, it seems like little attack, but it, it never mm-hmm. sounds like just meh. It sounds like still with strength and with with uh, weight. Cool. But, I appreciate that. Yeah. I've definitely worked on that a lot. Um, How? Because A, um, I think that just just by playing a lot and also just by like, you know, my insecurities as like a, as like a someone who as someone who can like improvise like anything and uh, you know because i can't really do that i've maybe like gone a little bit deeper into my tone and my touch because i'm like this is what i'm able to do to set to make give myself more of my own um voice mm-hmm. so i definitely i feel like maybe i've worked on that stuff maybe more than anything in terms of just like technique and practice but also when i record piano like i'm usually in headphones even if i'm just doing solo piano so i'm able to because i can play softer because i i can mic it really hot and turn it up really loud in my headphones and hear exactly how the air is moving off the note and i can i can really like be in control of like the softest touch and like just based on the miking, like I, I just feel like I have that extra level of like, it's like, I don't know. It's like driving a car and then driving like a formula one car. It's like, you just, you have all this, you, all this information. Now you just like every little move you, you just learn how to control that. And I think like a very hot mic on an instrument, like you, the more you do it, like the more you're able to, almost play that instrument of mm-hmm. like the the well really it's just like the um what is it called the uh uh proximity effect and all that stuff just like how tone reacts to the placement of the mic and mm. so that's that's I, I would say that's pretty important of like how when i record of like getting those levels so that i can really really play as extremely dynamic as i can um yeah mm-hmm that that piano sound somehow um connects me or takes my mind sometimes to Gabriel Kahane oh and, yeah and to Blake as well you know to Blake totally so do you well, guys talk are... about that a lot or uh, what what's happening we don't really talk about it a lot but we all circle around the same rooms a lot of time mm-hmm. you know a, the the common thread in that scenario is tony berg who yeah. is a great producer who i've worked a lot with and um uh blake me gabe we've all worked with tony and i we're, we're just like uh you know i think we all love like fell in love with that sound um and just like it it, it kind of entered all of our lives at a similar time um But those guys are my heroes. I mean, Blake and Gabe, like, and they're my friends, but they, they know that I, I'm not, um, I don't have a lot of mystique. So I definitely tell them generally every time I see them that I think they're fucking geniuses. So <laughs> they, they know, and I have no, I'm over, you know, trying to be cool and not overly earnest. Like they, they know that I, I literally think those guys are the greatest musicians on, mm. on the planet. 
That's cool. Um, when I um, and I hope it this this doesn't come across as uh, never mind. I'm just saying it. When I whatever to nothing anything's off limits. Short film seems like something that I could also envision Gabriel sing. Oh, 100%. It's, it's, well, weirdly, uh, slow motionary and book, of, not book of travelers. His, his, his pre record previous to that, we recorded that at Tony's house, both of us about maybe two or three months apart. So we ah. were making those records at a very, in the same room at the, at the same time. And I, I, Tony was turning me on to Gabe's music. I think Gabe, Tony I was turning Gabe on to mine. And I don't, I don't think we were actively like, you know, but I, I think we were just, it was almost like we were in the same, we were like in the same current. Yeah. Yeah. So we were in the same current um, at that time. And, um, but yeah, I mean, he's, his piano playing and his compositional brain are just, have you done an interview with Gabe? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I need yeah. to hear that. I need to hear that. I'll send it to you. Yeah. Please, please. I mean, you no need. I know exactly where to find it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> oh man, I today I transcribed a couple of things from yeah, just my favorite bits from your album. And I oh, that's this, awesome. I'm gonna send you this sheet that I that I have. Please, please do, because I. I, I I need. I would love to see this shit written down. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I just scribbled it uh, very quickly, but I sent it to you afterwards. It's kind of my my notes to this interview, which I never really follow, but it's it's a great way to um, to prepare because it, you yeah. just you bathe in the things that you love, and I play along with your records. And oh, this is nice. Let me write this down, and thereby you kind of because sometimes I I have to admit I. I keep confusing titles and it helps me to oh. write down, oh, this this thing starts with B minor over F sharp and this is, you know, yes. this is, uh, you know, that, that song or whatever, you know. Uh, totally. I'm, I'm the same. I'm the same. I, I, uh, I, that's also why, I'm, like, you know, especially in like the, like what I was saying about the, the jazz world and like being encyclopedic, like I know so many people who can tell me exactly who's, what the band is on this track and, when it was recorded and I don't really have that, um, that thing, especially with titles. Like I, I just kind of like, I don't know. Um, my brain is, is bizarre. I, I, I like, I don't really know how to do anything except for the four things that I kind of know how to do. And then that's it. My wife makes fun of me a lot. She's like, I you're think... really, you're like really proficient at pro tools, but you cannot read this government document. Like you literally, <laughs> you literally, I can't, I'm watching you and you can get through a sentence and a half, but like somehow like you can read an entire manual for a sense. Yes. Like I, I don't know. I, I think I just. No, no, I, I think it connects <laughs> us. It connects us back to what we started with, which is the, you know, the thing where you, which interests you there's like you can take all the time yeah. that you need or want and even more but for the things that don't interest you and me included man i'm the same not with manuals though i don't <laughs> but the thing, you know the things we are interested in um we can do for hours months whatever but the things i can't sometimes i have trouble reading it's the same like yeah. you described like 
oh, this there's this there's this email coming and it it's already sounds like work that I don't want to do. So <laughs> yeah. I have trouble reading these sentences, these words, putting it together. You know? Yeah, totally. I mean, it's true. I am a very 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 hard working person when it comes to the things that I love and want yes, to do. Yes. Like I, I it's not a work ethic problem. It's it's like a it's a it's uh, well it is a work ethic, but it, it's a patience and it's also like a like I I have to be like interested or else or else something in something in my brain turns off, which is is not a great thing, um but I also like I think it is a great thing in some ways, but I'm extremely grateful to my wife who is like a badass ICU nurse. Like she's like, she has all the type A stuff like on lockdown yeah. and like, she can help me <laughs> renew my passport. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, like these things that I'm like, suddenly I'm looking at a form and it's like reading yes. like, like algebraic, like, uh, you know, like, uh, like some kind of like strange calculus formula. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I can't even open the letters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it totally. takes it, like, a couple of weeks to open a letter because I feel like, ah, oh, there's some boring ass shit in there. Yeah. And I, <laughs> Totally. I know that is And then so there's like, oh, funny. there's a new track of so and so. Oh, I need to listen to it 30 <laughs> times because Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. It's 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 ridiculous. But but it's so funny like I I uh yeah, it's like uh, we talked we touched on it earlier though, but like I god, I wish I could go back to school now because there's so many things that I'm like, oh man, that is like I would even I was terrible at math as a kid, but I would kill to do an algebra class now because mm -hmm. i see like to me even just the core concept of looking for the invisible integer mm -hmm. is like so musical to me it's mm -hmm. like so what writing is it's like okay like how can i come up with the formula for what's missing yeah you know and um and like that makes me like i know that if i could go take an algebra class now and think of it with my musical brain and like mm. just make all these correlations and connections i'd probably do great yeah <laughs> but i uh definitely did not when i uh was in high school yeah Same um here. but you know i i i think because of that tendency to sort of like tune out when i'm not interested there is something that like a, a muscle that's like secondary to that which is learning how to coast and how to bullshit and i think that all that is it it, it you know, extremely important in life too, mm -hmm. of like how to, how to just like make sure you don't fail, even if you don't care or, uh, or don't do great, you know? Mm. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's a, here's a question that I'm, I'm sure. interested in. Um, now you're like, for so many people, people look up to you, Uh, and they they want you to help them with their music. And what I where I I'm coming from is, hey Pablo, can you play this gig? Uh, this is the date. This is the money that you'll get. We'll maybe need to rehearse, whatever you know. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. okay, fine, I'll do it. Or that's not the music that I want to do. Or sure. Um, Maybe I, I'd need a little bit more money or whatever, you know. So sure. this this happens up front, 
And sometimes I might do something just for the fun of it, which is, of right. course, always there. But I don't have any insight into your world. And mm. uh, you have to tell me if I'm crossing a line there. But I'm, I'm interested in the business side because how you talked about working with Lian Havas or, you know, um, right. I suppose at some times you might end up working with somebody who's like, can you look at my song for a minute? And you do that and then you get soaked into the process and you have never talked about money or maybe oh, you yeah. have, oh my gosh. you know, oh, so yeah. where is the line to balance like that sort of the, maybe it comes down to friendship and, uh, and business or whatever, but how do you balance these things out? Well, it's really hard. It's very complicated. It's very convoluted. I experience all the same issues that you alluded to. Um, uh, I would say the the really most helpful thing is that I, I have a manager. Um, and so there is this person, because I am the kind of person where I, I will, I'll kind of like do something. I'll, I'll like, keep working on something, even if it doesn't feel like it's fair or like I love it, or, you know, I'm, I'm maybe a little too nice sometimes with, uh, the bandwidth of my time. And that person can usually help me like not, not shut anything down, but just be like, kind of remind me like, Hey, like, is this kind of be an advocate towards me of like, is like, do you need me to help you figure out how to make this more comfortable? Um, so having that sort of person on your team and like kind of your co-pilot to basically protect you mm -hmm. um is is a really important thing for me i think if i didn't have that um there would be a lot of like there would be a very different like i, I would just say like, have a very different um day to day um but i don't think it's essential to have that i think a lot of people can do that for themselves i have a really hard time like organizing, um, organizing that kind of stuff um, and like time and also energy and like learning how to say no and, and when to say yes, you know, because sometimes it's, you know, this sounds maybe a little bit too business minded, but, you know, sometimes it's important to say yes in terms of like a long-term vision of what you're trying to do. You know, sometimes you don't, aren't working on specifically the best thing that you think this person can do or even with, but, but it could lead to doing the best thing with them or, or doing more or just learning. I mean, there's just so many things that talking through it with somebody and just kind of strategizing about like, okay, here's how this, here's how to put our best foot forward. Like that's, that's really essential and helpful to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't, I think that there's ways to do it without it. I think there's ways to talk through it with friends. I think there's ways to talk through it with partners. But the, the amazing thing about having a manager is, you know, it's, it's professional. It's, it's like friend and it's, um, you know, there's just like this, you're in it together. Like it's like you, you really become a, a, a team. And mm -hmm. so I would say that's like the biggest help for me in terms of um, like protecting my my energy, really. Mm -hmm. So it ha it happens less and less that 
you kind of forgot to talk about at the the money or the, the business side of things or I mean, does the manager step in right away or what happens um you know i we're, we're very you know i'm very it's always on my mind to never like make that step one you know because it isn't step one um and it, i don't ever want it to feel that way i don't want to feel that way but there is like you know my manager and me like by proxy are like kind of always going, okay, like let's see where things are going. And then if, if things start to feel like they're picking up momentum, then we want to figure out what this entails. Yeah. And I, I'm always flexible and it's, it, it doesn't end up being like, okay, we've reached this point and now here's what it is. It's like, okay, what are we doing? And like, let's figure this out, you know? And if it's like something that I am just dying to do or like super invested in, like, I, we're, we're always going to figure it out. So, you know, I think, and it's also a very sliding scale too, because as a producer, sometimes you're working with people with great budgets and sometimes you're working with people on spec. And what does on spec mean? Just like for basically for free, knowing that if it does get signed or if there is money made in the future, there's a deal in place to, to kind of, Uh, be in partnership that way. Um, but, uh, you know, there, there's like such a sliding scale. And so uh, that's also like that person's job to sort of like manage how all that stuff works, you know, because, um, you know, you want it to be fair to the artist. You also want it to be fair to you. And um, it's, it's like just finding that sort of strike zone of like what feels good, what feels professional and what sets us all working towards the goal, feeling like excited and not feeling like slighted or bummed or, you know, all those things. Mm. But honestly, it's, it's a hard thing to do for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a very hard thing to do for yourself. And I think, um, you know, I don't know. You know. Not not everybody is always in the position to like have that person. But even like there was a book that I read um, where they were talking about mentorship, and that's like a you know a very important part of mastering something is ha having a mentor. Mm -hmm. But basically, there's part of that chapter is like if you don't if you're not in the position to have a mentor, you can be your own mentor. Like you can create the space and the character in your head of that person, you know, and like, and that will maybe lead you towards that person in real life, or you kind of become your, it's, it's more about the, the, uh, be, this being the student of something. But mm -hmm. I do think that it's sort of like, it relates to this where, you know, you don't want to be your own manager because you don't want to have to deal with, you don't want to have to, Uh, taint what you love that much yeah. it's it's it is it's it can be horrible and and really stressful and really depressing and all those things like having to deal with the business side of of your passion it's yeah. but if you don't have somebody that can do it for you i think like you know at night before you go to bed like create your invisible manager in your head and kind of think like if you had a manager like what 
would they tell you to do? And mm-hmm. usually it's probably what your what your deep down thoughts want. Yeah. So and and sort of trusting your inner manager. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. But it, it it is a it's it's really hard to mix your your love with your your business and so ha- having having some a team whether it's one or a few people that are just on your side is mm. is huge. Yeah. You talked about mentorship. Uh isn't Tony Burke somebody who's like a mentor to you? Very much so, yeah. Can you talk uh, about that relationship and also I'm always interested in specific advice from from yeah. mentors like that. Oh man. Tony Tony like really she really like had a major impact on me. I mean, he he you know, produced and co-produced my t- solo records. He brought me in on Phoebe Bridger's project and we co-produced that stuff together, which was extremely life-changing for me. It basically got me started doing what I really wanted to do, which was produce. Um, and he also is just a brilliant guy. He's just extremely smart. He knows kind of everything about everything. He's, he's, he's really, he's, he's kind of a crazy person to talk to. And like, he's one of those people that can like crush a Sunday crossword puzzle in 10 minutes. Like he just has an insane breadth of knowledge, but he also has great taste. You know, it's like, Hmm. Sometimes like people who have like virtuosic capabilities or brains or whatever, like the taste can suffer, you know, because they just have everything at their fingertips. But I don't know. I just think that he, he's cool. He's just fucking cool. And he um, has been extremely supportive of me and I've learned a hell of a lot from him. Um, And he, uh, yeah, he's just like a really It's almost like to think about advice, it's it's kind of hard because it's almost like it's almost like I've I've just watched his entire like the way that he lives his life and mm-hmm. the way that he operates in in a in a moment. Like it's almost like I learned through osmosis through him rather than like I mean we've had a million conversations about everything and like I'm but it, it really feels like I just spent years with Tony and like he influenced me greatly. What happens with a mentor is, is also like, uh, and that's similar to what you said about the imaginary, um, imaginary manager. Yes. (laughs) Um, because at some point you don't even need the mentor to tell you what it is or what you should be doing. Yeah. They're in your head. You can imagine their, their voices <laughs> saying it to you. For, for better or for worse. Yes. I, you know, I hear Tony before every night before I go to bed being, don't be a little baby. You know, <laughs> I'm kidding, but not really. Yeah. But, you know, like, like there, you know, the, the, the man has infiltrated my psyche. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's like he, he really, um, you know, because he's so smart and so opinionated and his convictions are so strong – One of the great things about Tony is he's also – and because he's also very – he's just a good guy. just got a good heart. Like mm-hmm. he, he, he will fight you. Like he will argue with you and you have to learn how to know what you think. You cannot really like – you know, he forces you to have a 
real idea opinion. to the point where you, yeah, you an opinion and a, and a point of view. And um, I think you really brought that way more out in me. Um, I, I'm kind of just naturally the person that's maybe a little bit more open. Like my convictions aren't really too strong in, in most directions, um, except for like, you know, like moral issues. But like artistically, like I'm, I think I'm, I, I like being a little bit more like, I don't know, you know, a little bit unsure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it, in working so much with him, and I think he does too, but he's also, he, he knows exactly what's going to speak to him and what, what works for him. And, you know, when we would disagree, learning how to navigate that because he's so smart and I don't know. It's just, he, he just really te- taught me how to, how to, I, I just got a, a much more of a sense. I know what it is. I had got be, so much more of a sense of knowing who I am because I was dealing with somebody who knows who he is, mm. you know, like he, he knows who he, who he is and, and what he believes in. And oh, most of the time it aligned, but when it didn't, there was like this really peaceful discourse that would, I would go, okay, like, cool. Like now I know, now I know what I think and thank you, <laughs> you know, cause I wasn't, I knew what I, I knew what I felt, but I didn't know how to articulate it. So th- there, there are lots of things like that with, with my relationship with Tony. Um, but like I said, it, it, 99% of the time, our tastes are extremely aligned. I mean, we like the same shit, so it doesn't really have to do with that. It's more just like, um, like, a learning how to articulate mm. things. Good. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know much about him yet. I, I recently just uh, tried to um, learn more about him because I uh, was preparing for this interview. And oh, I, saw you, this, you... I saw this video uh, of him in the studio at Sound City with some guys testing pedals and stuff. Yeah, and I saw half a minute of it, and I just knew this guy is and has a natural authority. Like he doesn't oh, even yeah. have to prove a point; he just knows it. And you, yep. and that transports totally. I, I trust him already. <laughs> yep, yep. And uh, it, you know, the amazing thing about Tony is that he's had an incredible career as a producer, as an A and R person. But to me, the mo- the most amazing thing, like truly, he's done so much cool stuff as an artist, but the one of the most amazing things about him is that he has been a real mentor to a lot of people blake sean everett uh i feel lucky lucky enough to be there's just so many people in los angeles and the world that have had their moment with tony where he's really he's moved their needle you know Mm -hmm. and um i think that that's like one of the most special part of his you know, what he's brought to the music community is he's just really, and I think that that's like the, a huge job of a producer is to help people find their voice, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't have to be their forever voice, but it has to be their, their current voice, you know, mm-hmm. and he's, he's extremely gifted at drawing out um, people's like, idiosyncrasies in a in like a um in a way that is very charming mm-hmm. and and beautiful 
Like he mm. wants things to be subverted and strange, but he, dra- he, he drags them out from people in a way that kind of makes people do their coolest shit, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So would you say like a producer on top of being very knowledgeable about music and the craft and everything and the studio. Does it also come down to just being a, a people's person, somebody who knows people and how they act and, and sense and strengths and, and, and also maybe um, insecurities and. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I don't think it's essential. I think you can, still be a great producer and not and be uh, a quiet like non uh you know like you can be somebody who isn't like reading into everything mm-hmm. and still do great work but i think it for most artists like the that line of communication is like so important and um i feel like i I feel like I have a good intuition of like what people are going through emotionally generally. Um, but I also have a lot of social anxiety or I used to, mm-hmm. I still do. But, um, but in the work in the last few years of just meeting a new person every day and writing a new song with people, I, I've really improved on you know being able to socialize. And um, I, because of that, I, I do, believe that it's one of the larger parts of what I do is is like Clicking being able to yeah and, and and earning people's trust without being a liar you yeah. know like you know I think you, there's some people that, that that will earn your trust by like reading you really well and knowing exactly how to manipulate themselves to fit what you want and that's a skill but I think um, you know, my goal is usually to be myself enough for someone to feel safe to be themselves. That you know? means being vulnerable, um, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and that took, that took me a long time still is, is, will be a forever journey. Um, but I, it is. And I, I remember reading, um, a tape op interview with a producer who, who was like, uh, his name's Ricky Reed and he's like a, a pop producer. Like, um, he does everything, but he, he, he's very, um, successful in his field. And he, and he's like very much was like in the circuit of like, you know, co-writes and the circuit of songwriting every day and like a track a day and all that stuff, which is slightly foreign to me. Although I, I do that too. And he basically was like, I didn't really start finding real success until I realized that I have to be the same person that I am with my wife and kids as I am in the room with the artist that I just met. Like that person just, I just need to be me and I can't put on the different mask yeah. for, and, and he was like, with well, the minute, the minute that I did that, I, I just, the the writing just and the and the connections really started to flow and i remember reading that and just being like for some reason it resonated with me because i think i used to have more of like a protective suit um and as a way of like not feeling so insecure and 
uh, just the older I get, the more I do it. I'm I'm able to just you know be willing for be willing to have awkwardness and be yes. willing to have vibes and and work get through it. And you know some of the best sessions I've ever had have started vibey as hell, and then two hours <laughs> in, we're like, wow, this really is working. Mm-hmm. So you, you never know. Mm-hmm. But it started to work because. Uh, at least one person opened up and showed their true self. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really hard to do like when you're, especially like when you're nervous or like working with somebody that you're like a really big fan of, like it's hard to like get over the nerves and, and like that's, that's I think difficult, but I think, you know, the trick is sort of like accepting that, you know, and like, being aware in that moment of like, okay, it's like, I don't need to be embarrassed that I'm a little nervous. It's like, Mm -hmm. that's vulnerable. It's like, I'm your fan, you know, Mm -hmm. like, uh, and you know, I don't know if that's the right thing to do for everybody in terms of like winning certain personalities over, but I don't care because, um, it's, it's who I am, you know, Mm -hmm. when are you going to come, uh, when are you going to come to LA? when there's an opportunity you know uh okay we, we as right. europeans we don't really have opportunities to play in uh america unless we hire a lawyer who's who's who gets yeah. us a work permit, you know so yeah I'd rather and not i know do that, that that's just been made more difficult yeah yes. no absolutely i know i know that that is also uh controversially so becoming um more difficult so it's, it's 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 intense, man. Crazy yeah. times. For so sure. I have I have for some sort of um, you know getting over this hurdle or something. I have some strength, but when it gets so stupid like that, I don't have the I don't have so much in me. I have to make it in America to be able to tour there. Yeah. Right now, maybe that it'll change, but I feel fine over here. Good. And I totally want to come to LA and hang out with you. Or, you know, sit in the studio yeah. and watch you do what you do. But uh, right it, now I'm not happen, like, but... right now I'm not in, like, I don't feel like uh, I, I should be working on getting a gig in L.A. right now, you know. Well, I mean, that, that we're very, for as hard of times as it can be in so many ways, we're very lucky that we can be aware of each other and talk and work yeah. and Isn't it communicate ideas. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, you don't, you don't need to come to LA now. I mean, yeah. I would, we would love to have you, but it's, it's amazing that, you know, you and I can know each other and like, like uh, you know, it, it, that's, that's the beautiful part of, you know, I, I do so much work remotely, you know, mm-hmm. I do an insane amount of work, like just passing files back and forth. And it's not, always ideal because i usually want to be feeling people's like energies of course. but yeah. um but like it's it's like so not it's not like um this like once in a while kind of thing it's just like a constant so it's amazing you know you can be a musician anywhere now which is yeah, which yeah. is sick i mean you could you could you used to be but i now i think it's you, know, you can be a musician that has that is playing on and doing things you know anywhere it's true it's true and also things like this you know of course this interview would be different 
uh, women would be in the same room sitting at the same piano together and would be maybe even right. more spontaneous or more like I would interrupt you more or whatever, you know, be, be, uh, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> or, uh, I would, or we would allow silence more because silence on the Internet is like 10 times longer uh not even yeah, in a time somehow. but in like yeah. in a an emotional state like 10 seconds yeah. is like eternity you know especially for people yes, like totally. us with zero or let not not enough patience <laughs> you know for yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> yep. so 100 um, but but i feel yeah, like wanna, there's oh, still yeah. a lot of things possible and connection and i've i've met so many people this way and and connected with them and and Uh, so I feel like once you, be, as you just said, you know, once you become vulnerable in this format, show, really show something, then there's the, the possibility of connection. Then that transports to the listener as well. Totally. Yeah, no, I, I, I truly like I, I, the, the interviews that I've heard of, of yours, I'm so into and I just feel like it's it's this really And even today, just like a great mix of like talking about music and like the the intricacies and like the the nerdy aspects that we all love, but also like talking about like the emotional and like the like the really core spark things about the, the all the facets, you know, like just diving diving into like the holistic uh, view of music you know because yeah. it really it, it really is a it's a lot it's a life you know it's mm -hmm. it's um and and when you're obsessed kind of like we are like everything revolves around it and it revolves around everything so you know you and i could probably get together and not talk about music at all and it would probably end up being a music conversation you know <laughs> in a way yeah But I'm really interested yeah, in these in these core ethics of collaboration, you know, uh, because yeah, it, yeah. And no matter what you do, if you produce an album, but there's there's things that we need from other people to be to feel like we can be vulnerable and for them then to be vulnerable. It's, it basically always comes down to that being vulnerable and being open, honest and being, uh, as you said, like uh, have a space to be weird because everybody's weird even the person that you feel yeah. like could not be weird at all you know or it's just so perfect a hundred percent even more weird <laughs> you know? yeah that's that's really bizarre yeah um i uh it's funny like i had this moment because i do get maybe a lot i maybe the most fluid as a producer when i have a couple hours alone um where i can because i feel like i can just like I, like I have always said that this whole conversation, like mistakes are the, the best, you know, yes. and, and about it, sometimes I don't, if I've just met somebody or like, I, I don't have that rapport with them yet. Like I have to kind of like work in a way that is, uh, doesn't like stop the flow. And that doesn't really include mistakes all the time. So sometimes I, I there was a long time where I was like, ah, oh, it just would be great to be able to, do more, spend more time alone and like send things to people that way. But when COVID happened and that became, um, I was lucky enough to have my own space and, and I was doing work remotely and I was thinking, God, this is kind of great. Like I get to like 
just send files and you know it's but then a couple like i was working on a couple songs and they just they would like get to this place where like you know it's like okay well suddenly like we've been loving it and then suddenly we don't we don't love it anymore it's like Mm. it just suddenly it feels like it's wrong and i i really i don't love this because you know when you're sending notes via email or call like you don't you don't get the tone yeah and you don't get you don't get the thing that maybe somebody's afraid to say or feels like feel like they don't know how to articulate yet and all these things of like i get so much of my notes from people based on like their body language and mm-hmm. how whether they're on their phone you know it's like i i and and when they're not in the room i just don't have as much of a direction i don't really know where i'm aiming and mm-hmm. you know it's it shouldn't be the producer's job anyway to like make the thing on their own you know make make the artist's thing mm-hmm. and you know when when you're not collaborating and in the room that's sort of like what ends up happening is like everybody's kind of just like doing their thing and it's like okay well how do we make it our thing so i i ran into some of those things and realized very deeply that the 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 main reason i do this is to is to connect you know with people and like yeah. and, and to have that process with people and like that's what it was when i started to like i wanted to play in a band and i wanted to jam and i wanted to be friends with the guy in my high school who was like a sick piano player who was a couple years older than me and you know it was, like, it was all about the the love of music tied with the social aspect of like i'm a musician now you know and like those things are were like so so much a part of it, and when they went away, um, it reminded me how much. Sorry, my dog is of course just eating the carpet. Charlie, <laughs> come on, dude. Um, this is what he does. If I'm like on a, the only other time I like Zoom is like I do like therapy via Zoom, and like if he sees me on the phone too long, he's just like he's like, all right, I'm just gonna do some fuck that <laughs> yeah, shit right now to get you off because you are you are officially paying too little attention to me. Um, maybe I should yeah, get gonna, him on I'm the gonna... show. <laughs> yeah, here. Let me, let me... And, uh, oops. Uh, I see some guitars. No dog, him? though. Yeah, oh, in the carpet, right there. There is Charlie. Come on, dude. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, long, long. In in many less words, uh, it it is. Um, so like the the real beauty of doing this is the community on attacker you know your song oh. attacker i'm yeah. getting kind of paul simon vibes a little bit oh man it's so cool i feel like i generally hate my own music pretty quickly after i finish it but the three or four songs that you brought up are are the ones that I still I'm like okay I can I can be proud of. yes okay. <laughs> yes you can that's I lo- that's so also nice. love the the harmonic um, structure of the piece and how how the the harmonies yeah. flow into each other you know that's a, I love playing yeah. I loved improvising on that you know the, these changes they invite improvisation I felt yeah you know? 
Well, I, I feel that way too because they're so sequential. Um, the like basically, I wrote that on guitar, and I again like I like if for whatever I know on piano, I know an eighth of the amount of what I'm doing on guitar. But I I play guitar a lot on on recordings, and and I wrote this on a guitar with these shapes that just sort of like they move like yes. a note at a time, yes. and they sort of cascade down on guitar. It's so there's this this other kind of like view of like sequential writing you know sort of like um and and so that song like really surprised it surprises me because i don't know what i'm doing but it just you know i'm remembering these sense. sort of guitar shapes so yeah weirdly i think it might even make more sense than if i were to do that kind of sequential writing on piano because like I don't know, like, it's hard to describe, like the shapes on guitar, like are, they just are within these like boxes, you know? And so like, you can only like go so far with something. And so, you know, you can't extend chords like in, in this like true, I mean, unless you're Blake, <laughs> but for me, I can't, I can't extend chords like boom, 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 boom. They're sort of like, they all are linked within the same voicing box. And so, like, you know, they, like, moving sequentially on guitar um, might even make more voice leading sense, I guess is what I mean, mm -hmm. than if I were to do piano, because on piano, I'm, I know how to just, like, jump to, you know, an inversion up or down, whereas on guitar, I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm just in this little, this little square for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Got it. So funny it's like it's reminding me of <laughs> it's just like the way that i i make music is just by by knowing <laughs> knowing the, the bare minimum and and just get, getting getting away with uh with with whatever that that means <laughs> i think we're all the same in that you know and yeah everybody is like a specialist on certain little fragments of things yeah but the total truth is so much more bigger and like frankly i don't think anybody knows everything you know uh you can't 100. you you can't you you but if you like be very specific about very certain things and put all the love and interest that you have it's bound to i think it's it, it'll it'll happen that you'll find something that is that has some truth and it has something um that connects to you personally and deeply Yeah, because you put so much into it, you you become vulnerable. You open your arms, like, and then it just it it has to come. One hundred percent. And I I I probably should stop beating myself up over it. And I think that the reason why I do sometimes is because I do know a few people who really kind of have it all at their fingertips. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I I know a couple of players that are that that have truly mastered their instruments to the level of maybe being the the best at them you know mm -hmm. like blake or larry goldings or jacob collier like these these guys like really know how to kind of do anything on their instruments or multiple instruments and, and yet and they that, love what you do well you know what i mean that, that's very very nice and and i know that they I know that they 
we have a mutual respect for each other. But I, I think that, you know, my path is, you know, I've always maybe just been in awe of that path. And my path is just a different one of just like um, making, making sort of the best thing that I can do with my limitations. And I'm sure that those guys feel the same way. It's just from the outside in, it's like you look at a virtuoso and it's sort of, you know, maybe as, as a younger person, I was, I would, you know, get down on myself that I couldn't do that. But, you know, back to the original thing we talked about is like, I, I think that's going to end up being my blessing in disguise and I can keep learning in a way that, and the, the, even all three of those people, they're virtuosos that are able to have restraint, Mm -hmm. you know? And like, um, that's, you know, that, I think that that's why I, love you know someone like Blake so much is because he he really has he's like the he I I joke that he has like the the um photoshop like you know the wheel of colors where you can like switch between one of like 1000 hues of purple Mm -hmm. and like that's the palette that Blake in my head has Mm -hmm. but you know he chooses to paint with you know six gorgeous oil paints you know and so it's like like that those are the things that I that I respect the most is the way people use their their taste and the way that they you know, what they cook with their ingredients. And so I guess we're all doing the same thing in that regard. Yeah. But uh you know, I, I, I would love to man, I would love to be able to improvise what I feel. Um mm-hmm. and I, I'm getting better. But, you know, I have a long, long way to go. <laughs> I think it's a universal thing that we kind of sometimes um, have that feeling of, uh, is it the imposter syndrome or something where, oh, yeah. where you yeah. feel like, aren't they all hearing that I'm just faking it? And, uh, or <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, thanks for the compliment. But <laughs> I think at some point somebody's going to come along and say, come on, Pablo, I mean, we all know you can't do that and you can't do that and you should have worked on that a long time ago and now it's really too late and all the things you think you know are really just you know the card the house of house of cards will fall apart soon i i don't know any musician or artist at any level that doesn't have a huge imposter syndrome because we all look up to people yeah. And like from the outside, you know, like somebody else is going to look like they've like, we're all just different. And I think, um, I don't know. I think the best piece of like advice anybody can give or get is just that, that nobody knows what they're fucking doing. <laughs> and like anybody that you think is an expert, like my, they might be an expert at what they have taught themselves how to do, but yeah. it's not like they know the, universal truth of how this thing works you know Mm. and i think like you can be like reborn in that feeling of like being like you know what like everybody that i respect like i think they're they all feel like they're winging it too and like the minute that you like embrace that i think you just can just kind of hit a new altitude have you talked about this with your grandfather, with John Williams? Yeah, 
So, so this is this is funny because a lot of what I allude to maybe it has you know maybe a little bit to do with being in his shadow a little bit because maybe out of you know all the people that I know he is somebody that has music at his full command. I will say he's ninety two. Yeah, so he's incredible. Long time. He's had a long time to master it, and I really think he has. Um, but but at the same time, he's mastered. He's been a master for a very long time, mm-hmm. and you know, I love him. He's an amazing guy. I I don't, you know, I see him not very often. He's extremely busy and very much, you know, he was he's put on this earth to write music. That's that's one hundred percent, and and he still writes by hand with pencil and paper. And he does it all. And like, that is not, that is a time consuming thing. So I have, you know, the full respect and understanding of what that entails. I, I don't, I haven't had a ton of conversations with him about music. And I sort of actually, maybe for a long time, have tried to avoid like asking anything from him because I want to be my own person. Mm-hmm. But, um, but um, I think, you know, having somebody like that, as your grandpa, uh, I've had to kind of come to terms with, you know, that's somebody who's a master of, of kind of like a very broad scope of music. And that's not what I do. And, Mm -hmm. um, having that kind of always being compared with, or, or even like self imposed comparisons, like that was something I had to really do a lot of work on. And it's not, and it not was not in a place like a bad way, it, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but just in like a, I needed to, I needed to basically be like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not his virtuoso. I, I'm not. And I, I don't have his knowledge of, you know, counterpoint on pencil to paper, but I can write my own thing mm-hmm. and I can, be my own musician and also like he's just a, he would he's just a horrible person to try to compare yourself to because <laughs> he's literally a once in a generation or few generations yeah. talent in my opinion yeah. i mean he's my grandpa but i i am i think he's i'm a fan you know it's like i i know his i i just he's so unbelievably brilliant um, and he's so incredible at what he does that it's just like, and I think he would be the first person to, you know, be like, you know, I just, I'm just, I just have my head down and I'm just like, I'm just like, try, I'm learning. He's learning. He's still learning. And like, I think that's the, the mindset to have is like, you know, stop comparing yourself to other people and just like, get good at you, mm-hmm. you know? But we um, have to learn from other people as well, you know. Yeah. We just we we don't just become better just through ourselves. I mean, of course, that's part of the thing. You have to do put in the hours and do the work, you know. Yes. But it doesn't just come like that. I feel. Yeah. No. No. And um, you know, he's he's it's he's an incredible person to. Um, He's an incredible brain to have, like, even though my access is actually surprisingly kind of limited, but like to be able to have access to talk to him, I mean, and and just to learn from him, even though when we, 
get together, we don't really even talk about music that much. We sort of talk about, we talk about music, but more in like a, um, like a historical way. And then maybe more in like a, like just like an artist way, like of just like what, you know, but, but the thing is about him is that my, my wife has said this a few times that if it wasn't music for him, it, it would have been something else. Like he's just so, Mm -hmm. he's so brilliant. Like his brain is just extremely powerful Mm -hmm. and just knows that's maybe what I've learned most from him is that even though his life is very finitely devoted to music, the man knows a lot about a lot. Like Mm -hmm. he, the history buff and he, he, you can really have a conversation with him about anything and Mm -hmm. he will, have like this kind of surprising mastery of the subject Mm. and i think the in the few times that i've asked them for advice it's usually been like uh read um round out your life um learn other things take walks in nature you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's not like he's not like you should double the flute here (laughs) you know what i mean uh it's it's never that it's more like create your well to draw from. That's great. So yeah, he, he's he's an amazing guy. He's an amazing guy. Did he comment on your Preludes album? So you know, it's funny. He doesn't. He doesn't. I don't even think he has a way of listening to music. Like he has a CD player, and like he he also when he's working on films, like he he has somebody that brings like a rig that like you know but he he just when he 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 plays music he like will get a score and read through yeah but he, he's just like making so much music that he doesn't even have time but but he did hear a couple of of the preludes i actually played him something at his house yeah and it was really cool because you know like i said i look up to him a huge amount he's also somebody that i've had to navigate being in the shadow of even though it, um he's never made me feel that way but it just is what it is and it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think it was, it was a couple of years ago and it was really cool because I, 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 he gave me some really nice comments and I think he like kind of saw that I take this seriously as, as my life, you know? And I think he was, I mean, I'm happy to say that I think he was impressed and, and dug, dug the piece. So, You know, that was really, that meant a huge amount to me. Um, and again, like I try not to make my relationship with him about music, especially as he gets older. Like I, I sort of want to know who he is like beyond mm. that. Cause I think we all sort of know him through his music and he spent so much time devoting himself to that, that like, I'm, I'm really, when I talk to him, I kind of want to, want to know a little bit about like what his Who's well, the guy? Yeah, who's the guy? Yeah. You know, because I I do know who the guy is just because of the feeling, but I but I you know I I want to I want to know him better as as he you know reaches these years. So man, I you know the thing that we said a couple of times during this conversation is like now we would be such a great student uh, or a better student <laughs> at, in school. You know, yeah, I feel the same way. I I had a great relationship to my grandparents. But I feel like now I would be better at it. You know, I, now I feel like I, there's a lot of things that I should have asked them. And, and now it's not possible anymore. 
in yeah. you know in the way it's the, so, the trick of life yeah so getting know. to know the person more asking them like uh, how the basic thing is how was it to live in a time where i wasn't there you know so uh, how <laughs> how totally. did it feel to be young when you were young you know uh, stuff like that well yeah no it's it's it, it, how did it feel to what to in your free time to all you could do was practice piano or go fucking kick a rock you know <laughs> like like i got to you know have an n64 in front of me for better or worse yes. you know it's like yeah these this there's a generation of people and you know i think that's part of his skill is that he when he was young he learned like a, an amount of fundamentals of like the skill of like pe pencil to paper and like in your head composition that you know i don't know if people are forced into that position anymore and i think that that's fine I, but i but i think that i think that his style of writing and orchestration can kind of only be done by hand mm -hmm. because it's so direct and it's so like it's just so locked into what what it's trying to do that when you have all these tools and midi and mock-ups and and libraries and even musicians coming in like it just it can maybe can make an an equally unbelievable result but it's convoluted in its idea yeah his music also to me sounds like it comes through really playing and mastering an instrument like yeah he's his piano playing is unbelievable i mean i've seen him i've maybe seen him play piano like two or three times in my life one time was playing happy birthday on a horrible my horrible like electric keyboard in my Aww. high school room playing happy birthday for my mom and we were all standing there as a family and he's playing happy birthday and suddenly at like happy birthday da, da, he like did this fucking insane modulation like it was like the craziest i, I I don't know if you ever saw, was it Barack Obama's inauguration where Herbie Hancock like mm -hmm. does like the Star Spangled Banner. And there was like a moment where he just goes like full Herbie and yeah. like just takes that. And like my whole, like me and all my friends were like, dude, greatest <laughs> moment in American history. And this, this felt like this moment where everybody in the room was just like, uh, like what? Like, yeah, his command as a pianist is, is, uh, he, and he would, 100% deny that mm -hmm. because I think similarly he knows he's known technicians that are superior to him in terms of what they can achieve. But I mean, he, the man is a serious piano player. Mm. I mean, I know, I think that at the, the end credits of ET is him. That fast, those fast lines. Yeah. Oh that, man. That's him. Him perform. Wow. Yeah. That's one. Of, yeah. That's that's my favorite soundtrack of Me him. Me too. Me that's too. That's just my like it. Of course, there's incredible moments in Star Wars and all of the things that he's he has done. AI or uh, uh, so good. Catch me if you can. You know. Oh man. The best. <sighs> um, I know. I'm. It's funny. I, I'm. I'm such a fan of his and but weirdly I feel the same way about E.T. and honestly when I hear E.T. especially 
that section to me like i don't know what it is but like i feel like that is him like i just feel like i just feel like his spirit like so deeply in that piece and like his like emotional depth like i don't know like there's just like that just really reminds me of him as a human wow, and cool. so that that's also why that that's my favorite one although i really there's a few that i just am losing I et I, what's the, that losing et when the flower is dying that's my favorite Dude. you know <laughs> yeah no he's it's it's wild he's he's uh he's freakish he's freakish wow i know it's it's a trip i mean it's it's weird It's it's like I feel very close to him. I also feel like I I um wish I wish I like had more time with him, but I I also like I don't know, like I I I love his music like in this in the same like in a kind of like a separate way. You know? Like I I I feel I just feel like I listen to it like not with with no relation to him except for when i say things like that piece reminds me of him but yeah. but it's it's like i i really i i i truly believe that he is uh an, a 100% genius person yeah. yeah i'm with you on that yeah <laughs> performance of it.